0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enis. Here I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode. That's very important. Download each episode hold on tight it's going to be a bumpy ride all right ladies and gentlemen here we are again i have a special episode about to gear up for you now if you hear some background noise and it sounds like we're in a coffee shop well guess what we're in a coffee shop we're in butler's coffee right here in beautiful palmdale california uh here on 10th street west in the same Parking lot and and uh, marketplace as, what do we got here? we got Buffalo Wild Wings, we've got the thrift store, we've got Fire Island, and some other places I need not mention on this holy podcast. But nonetheless, we're here at Butler's. Please, if you want the world's greatest cup of coffee, come here. And uh, anyways, a great place. And what's happening, what you probably hear in the background, is a young lady by the name of Natalie... She has a, if you will call it a business, a business called Natalie Paints and she teaches painting classes and they meet here at Butler's on Friday afternoons and that's what's going on in the background. So if you hear the noise of a, of a coffee grinder or steam going off or Natalie yelling paint this color or paint that color, uh, please forgive me. but. We wanted to be here for a lot of reasons because this is our real world. This is where I don't live in my studio. This is where I'm at. This is my wife and I own this place. Actually, our church and ministry own this place, but my wife runs it. So this is our home. This is our place. And we wanted you to come into our world. But I said all that just to kind of give you a groundwork of where we're at. I have sitting across the table with me behind a wall of um, we put up some foam to try to muffle the sound, so this is the best we could do. But behind a wall of foam is sitting with me one Melissa Chavez.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Now, guys, she's going to beat me up for this. She's single.
1: I'm ready. Oh, my
0: She's goodness. smart. She's good looking. <laughs> she's um, taking on the world. She's probably too much for you to handle. But I'm just saying. I didn't, to say, I
1: didn't pay him, I promise. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, uh, Melissa has been a member of our church. How long have you been going to the church?
1: Ten years. This October.
0: Really? That yes. long? Yes.
1: Yes. A long time.
0: Oh, and now it's a long time. It is the forever. <laughs> it's five lifetimes.
1: <laughs> it sure feels like it, but in a good way. In a good way.
0: Uh huh. It's, it's okay. You're all <laughs> right. It's okay. Now, I, I I've been wanting to get. Melissa, I'm here for, now she did another podcast earlier and you can find that podcast, just look in the titles, go through all the titles and find the one, Melissa Chavez, and um, she's in there, she's very smart, very brilliant, as a matter of fact, when we put on events, she does um, um, spoken word, and, and she's fantastic at it, she's really good, as a matter of fact, she's been invited to go different places at different times to do it, And although we haven't had a venue that we could really showcase her, we need to do that because, honestly, you need to be out there doing it again because you were that good. Thank you. Um, But she's been with us, like she said, 10 years, and it's probably been some 10 rough years. Oh, that's okay, that's not too bad. They're making noise behind me as they're making drinks, so we're gonna do our best to cut some of that out. But bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. So she's been with us 10 years and and if she was really honest she'd probably say 10 rough years because over at our church we're we're not your typical church and anybody that's been <laughs> at our church understands that Cat <laughs> is running a blender and she just put it in like high gear back there anyway so we're more like a coaching a Christian coaching center and if you've ever seen the movie Rocky and you saw Mick and how he yelled at Rock all the time. And, you know, ah, Rock, ah, give me five more, you bum. Well, that's us, you know. And But a lot of people criticize us for doing that, criticize me for doing that. But I've seen such marvelous growth in people. Yes. And I'm not taking all the credit, of course. So I, I, I'll take a maybe one-tenth of one-half of one percent. <laughs> but when you have great people, you have great people sitting in your church week after week after week and you're around them. And all it takes is a little bit of coaching to help bring about that greatness that's tucked inside of them. It's so worth it. I'll take a million uh, um, people yelling at me and screaming and telling me how wrong I am for that one Melissa Chavez that rises like the best, rises to the top, like cream rises to the top. She, she has been on our track to, uh, what's the word? I'm not gonna say stardom, but just um, true true success true real-world success and that's what I want to talk to her about so Melissa um, just start by telling us a little bit about yourself where you're at how you came about the job that you're in right now I mean I know this stuff ladies and gentlemen but I want you to know it in her own words and um, and then I'll start asking you some questions
1: okay Sounds good, so in a quick summary, in the job that I am right now, so I used to work at JCPenney, I was actually there for about eight years. Um, From there I moved on to a call center, and then one day at dinner, um, this man sitting across the table from me said, hey, you should apply at the college, uh, the local college that we're here in uh, Lancaster, and I said, okay. So right away, I ran with it, applied, and of course, I did the work, and lo and behold, I got the job there. I started off as a clerical there, and two years later, same man was like, hey, I think you're about to get a better position. So I was like, I'm going to run with that, and I put in an application uh, for a better position. I became an administrative assistant, and I'm there for a year now, and now I am actually looking at different uh, endeavors, different positions. And so where I'm at right now, not only am I an administrative assistant at a local college, uh, but I'm also, as I mentioned in the last episode, assistant editor-in-chief, and um, just have a few different projects working, going on at the same time. So I'm really excited.
0: You know, you you just said that and I I completely forgot. You are, you're working for um, the Palmdale Journal, which is a local newspaper that PFC was able to put together. And you've been working with them, and you're the uh, assistant or the associate editor, Assist- assistant editor? Mm-hmm. Man, that's spectacular. And that how long has that paper been in circulation?
1: A year this February.
0: A year yes. this February. Wow, Amazing. man, time flies. Yes. I remember when they were just talking about it, and it seems like it was just last month. Oh, my goodness. So, anyways, as you can hear, Melissa is very busy. And now she's here volunteering at the... (laughs) (laughs) I I just laugh because it's like when you come to GWCC, you're you're going to be busy. Good busy, (laughs) but good busy because your life is going to really start taking form about and become... You're going to become really who you were designed to become. And God never created us just to be sitting around eating bonbons, but really out making a difference. And as you hear, Melissa is absolutely making a difference in our community, and in our world, and certainly has in our church. She has been such a phenomenal blessing in our church. And what she doesn't even fully, we talked about it briefly, but she doesn't even fully realize just yet is we are going to be working on putting together a healing, I don't want to call it healing room because somebody already owns that, but a a healing ministry where people can come either in the church or outside of the church and get prayed for for healing She is um, going to be trained up, that's next, no, uh, what is this? This In a month. Oh, yeah, next month. All right. Whoo, time is flying. Mm -hmm. Next month she's going to go off and get some actual training. Not that, I mean, she already knows how to pray. She's one of the people that I trust to pray. She's one of our prayer warriors at the church and she leads 9 o'clock prayer every Sunday morning. And so we trust her very much in that. So we already trust her to pray. She's just going to go get some specialized training. Um, by people who have been in the healing uh, ministry for a long time. And so she's going to come back even more powerful. It's going to be awesome. And then when we're all ready, and it'll take a little bit of while, we'll be announcing, and probably right here from this podcast as well, our new healing ministry. And she's going to be one of the major, if not the major player, one of the major players. It all depends. We haven't really talked about it that deep. It all depends on how involved she wants to be. She's going to be involved, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the way it's going to be. Mick says so. <laughs> Thanks. So but but it's going to happen. Now, I wanted to invite Melissa on here for a lot of reasons. She has so much wisdom at her young tender age. I'm not going to ask her to tell you because they keep telling me that's rude. But she is a lot younger than me, I'll just say that. And she has a lot of wisdom and has accomplished so much in these 10 years that I've known her. And I want to uh, I want her to I want you to hear this coming from her. A young woman's perspective, she's, she's uh, I'll say Latina. Yes. You're from? Sa- El Salvador. El Salvador. <laughs> we argue about that all the time. She's, she's originally from El Salvador. A young El Salvadorian, or Salva- is it Salvadorian or El Salvadorian?
1: I've heard it both ways. I think it's El Salvadorian.
0: Okay, so yeah. young El Salvadorian woman here kicking butt, making things happen for herself and for her community and for her church. I couldn't be more proud of her. She is spectacular. And the question that I want to start off with for her and I really have to kind of um, I have to explain this question first so you know you look on the social media I'm sure you've seen this. Look on social media or other places, you may have even heard it from somebody you know or have been around how a lot of young people your age and all the way down to maybe just even high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep hearing from all these young people they mm-hmm. want such things as Marxism, communism, socialism. They want um, their first job at minimum wage to be a living wage. And I keep hearing because we will never have what my parents or my grandparents' generation have. We'll never be able to buy a house, they're too expensive. We'll never be able to buy a car, they're too expensive. We'll never have the uh, you know, vacations and, and all of that. And, and at such a tender young age, They have this defeatist attitude already and they're looking for somebody else, whether it be government, some system, whatever, to basically take care of them. So I look at some of these young people and I hear what they're saying and I see the comments on social media and such. And we even see them marching in the streets, holding up signs, giving me $15 an hour, give me $20 an hour, give me free health care, give me all this stuff. Gimme, 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 gimme. And you've never done that, at least to my knowledge. You've never done that. You went out and make made things happen. You, like I said, you've been climbing the ladder. You've been doing really great. In my opinion, what I see, I know you want more, and you'll get more. Of course, you will. But you're you're doing it. Yeah. You are doing. You haven't been looking to government to do it for you. you haven't been complaining that we don't have socialism, so they give you something for free. Mm-hmm. You've just been making it happen. Right. What kind of adv- first let me ask you what do you think about all these young people that are saying they want marxism communism socialism help health, free healthcare whatever it is i mean what is your opinion about that
1: well To be quite honest, I kind of feel like the prophet Jeremiah sometimes, right, when other people were saying, oh, this and that, like, oh, if you don't listen to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was like, you know what, I wish you were right. I wish that what you were saying was right, but he knew in his heart that it was wrong. It wasn't what was going to happen, and so that's similar to what I feel, you know. Um, It really breaks my heart that all these young people, my contemporaries in this day and age, Uh, feel that way because it's really robbing them of the opportunity to feel what true true validation means you know Uh, there's really nothing like building something that um, from your own two hands right and and I say that figuratively and also in in reality but um, I really think that that is such a cop-out and I feel like that's the biggest lie that my generation and the generations after me have really bought into you know something that um, I know that it can't really be known through here it's like you know as i was growing up i grew up in a family that would constantly tell me melissa just you know collect the checks do this and uh like go to school and at the end of the day you know there was something in me that wouldn't just buy into that because i'm like i refuse to believe that you know, if I have the ability to get up each day and I have the ability to get up, get out of my house and use my body to be able to get ahead in life. Why am I going to give that power over to somebody else? And so when I see the young people rallying for these things, it's like, wow, you know, the, the very people that are saying that want to protect them are the very people that are really robbing them of the opportunity for true fulfillment in life. And so that I really hate that theology, and I think at the same time it's really a cop out, you know, um, from doing hard work, from putting in the hours, putting in the time, um, from paying your dues. You, you have to start somewhere. You can't just expect to be giving, um, to be given the. Grandiose opportunity, right? Like you have to work for it. One thing that um, that I recently learned is, you know, that your gifting or your charismatic, whatever it is, it cannot sustain you in the areas of high places unless your character is developed. And unfortunately, not many people want to go through the process of developing their character. And it's ugly because you're going to have to apologize sometimes. You're going to have to admit you're not right sometimes, and go through the loneliness. Go through the process of. Um, just building yourself up. And um, at the end of the day, you know, that's really where success really comes from.
0: Well, yeah, you you said something that's really important to me. I just did a couple of podcasts or uh, episodes. Um, My last one that I actually posted was Toxic Masculinity. Mm. And then uh, I I have part two that I haven't yet posted, but I will. And and I deal with that. People taking the time to develop and i aimed it mostly at men yeah but develop yourself yeah quit looking to other people yes you become you know because i see this and i've been you you know me you've been we've been we've known each other for 10 years so you've seen many of my um (laughs) social media arguments with people yes i start usually (laughs) i can't lie ladies and gentlemen i just (laughs) jump in and start arguing with people but i do it for a purpose and not just to because I'm trying to prove myself right or um, because I'm just looking for a fight I'm not arguing with those people directly for those people it's all the other people that are watching and learning and right now I've had several conversations over the last few days with people who are big on unions you know big union people and you're not going to make it unless you're in a union and the union this and and they just praise these unions and ladies and gentlemen, I've been in the work world um, my whole adult life, the last 30, 35, almost 40 years. Oh. And I was part of a, a union, um, two unions actually, in my job. And I can honestly tell you, the unions did nothing for me. Anything that I wanted, I had to go get myself. And the reason they did nothing for me is because I refused to be a union sheep. And in my opinion, and what I've seen, not just in the jobs I was at, but in the jobs of many people, you have to toe their mark. Do yes. everything their way. Speak their even, even vote for the people they tell you. Not not just say they would like you to vote. Right? If you don't, even, if they find out you didn't even vote for the people they told you to vote for, you could get in a lot of trouble in a union. Mm. You, you may not work because mm. I've seen these things, and then here's people praising them like, "Oh, I wouldn't make it if it wasn't in a, in a union." Well, how pathetic are you? Exactly. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. How pathetic. Is a human being got to be that the only way they can make it in this world is if some union stood up for them. Right. That tells me they did not take the time exactly. to develop themselves and make themselves marketable. Yeah. And it took me some years to learn it because I was, I grew up in a middle um, middle class household. Yeah. My dad was union, told me to go get a union job. It has benefits, it has a retirement, just work there and retire and be happy. And I was never happy because I always bucked the system. Right especially when the system tries to dumb you down yes and put you in a box right i am certainly not going to fit in that system yes i'm going to speak up and i'm going to i'm going to as a matter of fact the last quote unquote union job i had i never joined the union and they couldn't do anything about it. i found out that's how powerful unions really aren't they couldn't do anything about it right i didn't pay one Sent in union dues. I didn't listen to them. I didn't care what they had to say. When it came time for my promotions and raises, it was on my own merit, not because somebody from the union stood up for me and threatened my boss.
1: It's awesome, yeah.
0: You know, and I refused to do that. So, I'm big on self development. Make yourself more marketable. You want young people, and I'd say this to you, old people. It doesn't matter who you are or Mm -hmm. what age group you're in. You want that house work for it yeah. if your present work or job system isn't going to give you enough money to buy that house will make yourself more marketable ask for the raise if they won't give it to you go somewhere else and say fine i'm going somewhere else and i'm going to get what i'm worth i'm going to earn what i i am worth yes and you don't stop until you get what you really want you know so again melissa um has i've been watching her do this so tell me um, you know, we didn't even really plan this. I just told her right before I pushed the little button to record, this is what I'm going to ask, this is what I'm going to do, so I had no idea what she's going to say or anything <laughs> like that. But I, hear, I, I see a lot of people and hear a lot of young people complain. I went to school for four years, I got this degree, I can't find a job, or I can't find a good-paying job. What would be your answer to them and your advice maybe to them at this point?
1: I know that... This is probably going to sound counterintuitive, but my advice would be do it for free. So, for example, I got this degree, right? And I know I got a degree in English. I love English. And I got it because ultimately I want to be a publisher. I want to be a journalist and all these things. And so, obviously, I'm not expecting for the opportunity to come to me. So what happened? Once there was an opportunity for me to perfect my craft, I took that opportunity and that has opened the doors. So I didn't feel entitled, hey, I have this degree, you need to pay me for this. No, I took the opportunity and I ran with it. And guess what? Now I'm, I'm, now I'm in a position where I can say, hey, you know my worth, you know what I've sewn into this. Now, if you're not able to produce an income for me, then I'm going to have to walk. And so because of my value and because of the work that I put in, I've made myself marketable in this position, but not because I'm here and I'm awesome only, but because I've put in the work and the effort into your business and I've helped you build it. And because I became a valuable player in the business, now I'm able to be, um, once again, I'm able to put myself in a position to say, hey, either you can or you can't. And it's it's not a personal thing, it's just a business transaction. And so I think that's the biggest thing. Not a lot of people want to put in the work, once again. And to be able to find the opportunities that will help them develop their craft. Just because I went to school, doesn't mean that I somebody needs to give me the opportunity. I need to go out and I, I need to seek for it, and I need to fight for it, and I need to let them know, hey, there's so many people that have this degree, there's so many people that have graduated in my class even, but I'm the one that you need in this business. And when I'm put in that position, not only am I gonna show up, I'm gonna thrive in that business because I'm gonna pretend like that's the only thing that's gonna put a meal on my plate at the end of the night. And so. I think my biggest thing is just because you have a piece of paper it doesn't mean that you're entitled. It means that now you have a ticket in. Right? Now you have the credentials. Now you have, hey, I am somebody that I showed up and I did the work and I can do the same for you. And so, you know, I... I love school and I think I learned a lot. I learned the system of the school and everything and all those things and I think it's really important but it goes back to character. It, you know there's so many people that are fighting for the same positions each and every day but um, just because you you woke up feeling good it doesn't mean that you deserve that position. It means that you need to work for it. and so. I think that's when it comes to education and using your degree, I think that's the biggest thing. And a competition in a world right now that there's so many so much competition, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's invaluable. It just means that you need to put in the work and for people that say oh no there's no opportunities there's no this then make your opportunity there's never been such a prime time to be able to create your own business to be able to market yourselves and make money some way somehow like if you feel that there is an opportunity out there, it's because you're not looking strong enough. You're not looking hard enough. You're not cre- You're not knocking down on doors. You're not um, putting in the work that needs to be put in. Because I know for a fact, I constantly, I constantly see now hiring. I constantly see all these things. And for me, if I need to start somewhere low, then I'm gonna start somewhere low because I know I'm not gonna stay there that long.
0: That's very good. You, it, now I have to ask you this question because you said something that just sparked my um. That just reminded me of Robert Kiyosaki and his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Did you ever read that book? I've
1: never read it.
0: And what's so interesting, you've never read that book, but you basically, in a nutshell, gave the essence of what that book is about.
1: Okay.
0: And and, and just so you guys know, this is not only for Melissa. this is for all of you. Read this book, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he had his natural biological dad, he calls his Poor Dad. Okay. He worked as a school teacher in the system and who is basically socialist in his mentality mm. and always complained that he never had any money. was always broke and expected the system to give him what he needed. Mm. Okay. His rich dad was actually his best friend's father who was very wealthy, oh. uh, an entrepreneur, made a lot of money. And so he and his buddy went to his buddy's dad, his rich dad, and says, Hey, you know, we want to make money. How do we make money? They were only like 10 years old. And um, he was a very busy man and everything, but basically, in, an, in a long, in a nutshell, read the book. It's really <laughs> worth it, especially for young people in our present okay. world. He, the rich dad hired him to do a job in one of his stores, okay. but refused to pay him. And this was known going in. He says, well, how am I going to make money? He goes, you figure that out. Yeah. But you're, by, by, by working, one, you're working. You're going to actually produce something. And then watching me and being in my system, yes. you're going to learn yes. how. Yep. And what's so interesting, a lot of people say, well, that's wrong. That's terrible. That's, especially when children, oh, you're, you, you know, you're, you're using children, child labor. So there's people complaining, of course, about child labor laws and this and that. And you got to give him his money and everything. But what he was teaching him was to have an entrepreneurial spirit to find those opportunities to make money. And even at that young age, he and his buddy found a way yeah. to make money, much more money than than uh, rich dad would have paid him for sweeping the floors of the store. It's awesome. But he had to be in the right place at the right time basically donating his time which in the long run wasn't a donation he was investing in himself and I just heard that in your voice maybe you didn't put it quite like that but you were very Robert (laughs) Kiyosaki-ish in the way you said it you know and I'm like exactly yeah that wasn't donating time as much as it was investing in yourself in the future you may not have an immediate paycheck but you're making yourself invaluable yes that when the money does come it's going to be at a rate and at a, and at a place much higher than if you just came in and started i'm going to work here for whatever minimum wage whatever it is give me my working rate <laughs> you know and and again that's one of those things why i'm so proud of you and and i can see this in your life and it's working and you do work hard and sometimes you know quote unquote for free but i know it's not going to be free forever right because you're investing in yourself yeah so what would you tell i mean okay let me give you this picture because i see this as well okay and this is might sound like i'm being a little mean but i'm just telling you what i see yeah as a matter of fact there was a little clip that's uh, that somebody had sent me it was actually before um before and after pictures and the the before and after was before going off to college Mm -hmm. and then after college and it was primarily young ladies they go in they have this long beautiful blonde hair or brunette hair and they just you know dressed really nice and they were just really you know good looking young lady. And then the next picture, the after picture. That was the before picture. The after picture is buzz hair, bright pink or bright green. And this is the weird thing for me. I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen, this is just what I saw, <laughs> not just once, but on many of these pictures. They purposely took pictures with their arms up so you can see their hairy armpits. <laughs> Dressed like a guy, um, you know, tattoos. One lady had a a shaved head with a tattoo right on her forehead, a big ugly tattoo right on her forehead. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not against tattoos. But there are certain places you should not get a tattoo and then expect to get a decent job, I'm just saying. So I'm just telling you what these before and after pictures. Cute young ladies going in, maybe, uh, you know, 18 years old, then two years later, three years later, whatever. 2021 21, uh, um, well, I don't want to label it. Bright pink hair, weird haircuts, strange clothes. Some put on a lot of weight. Yeah. You know, in just like two or three years, I'm talking like not not just like five or 10 pounds or even 15 pounds. We're talking like 100 pounds. And then they start shaving their head uh, on one side and bright pink or green on the other side. And and weird tattoo, not just a tattoo like on the arm or something all over their face or their neck or something. And, And and then those same young people are the ones demanding that we shift our entire economic system from a capitalist system to where you can go out and make a life for yourself. To make more of a socialist Marxist system, that just because, to to basically we all have to change to meet their now new weird lifestyle and ideas and ideologies. They can't go out and find a good job looking like that, and everybody else is at fault, not themselves. It's crazy. So I wanted to address because again, these are young ladies about. Some of them about your age, yeah. And you know, you didn't seem to fall into that. And you're making something of yourself. So why is it that some of these? There's some words coming to my mind <laughs> that I'm gonna choose not to say, but these strange-looking, purple-haired, mm, unique—that's a there good go. word. I like that that's one. Great. Unique individuals—they can't seem to make it in life, but they expect our whole economic system to be bent towards their wants. Mm-hmm. They can't seem to make it otherwise. How is it that... I mean, what advice? What would you say to them? If you, if you had a room full of them and they would actually calm down long enough because they're usually
1: oh my radical
0: weirdos. Yeah. If they would just calm down long enough to actually listen to your advice and maybe even better, but let's assume we take a, one extra step and they actually asked for your advice. What would you say to a room full of purple and green and blue haired weirdos? I mean, I mean unique people <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to them
1: well I hate to oversimplify it but to be quite honest my answer would be your, your, your unique voice matters and the reason why I say that is because I couldn't tell you how many times how many times in my assignments as at school I took the risk, and I went against the grain, and I said things that matched my convictions, no matter what the grade would be, or, um, and that right there kept me from inundating my mind and bending myself over to, the teachers um, or the institutions, really, uh, agenda, right. And so by saying that their unique voice matters, I think that really is significant. And the reason for that is because it shows you, hey, if you have dissenting opinions, if you have dissenting remarks, then it's important for that to be heard. Just because um, the unified voice is the loudest voice, it does not mean that it's the correct voice. And I think that's what a lot of young people miss out on. Just because there's a unity in the voice, it, it really doesn't mean that it's the truth it doesn't mean that it will bring you validation and if anything honest and I hate to say this because it's gonna sound self-serving but people like me right and I have so many friends that fall in this category and even people that I don't know that are really making um, a way for ourselves through um, obviously with prayer church whatever our community you're really helping us out (laughs) and I have to say that because you're really helping us um, succeed. Because what happens is while many of people of that category what they're seeking and what they're asking for is uniformity and are seeking for you know one-size-fits-all the rest of us we're okay you guys go ahead and do that we're gonna be building our own businesses we're gonna be buying our own homes we're gonna be investing in our own things while you're over there asking for the government to give you a handout and you know I can say that with all authority a Rob because you know because I feel like a lot of people really use the excuse of their upbringing right and so I think that is the biggest one of the biggest cop-outs ever because you know when I was two years old my mother took me to El Salvador I grew up in El Salvador for five years I came back didn't know the language and something that we have not mentioned is that I was diagnosed with a disability and I'm Hispanic I'm in a whole new country and so by all tens and purposes statistically I should be fitting off the government's hand I had influential people in my family telling me once again, as I mentioned earlier, Melissa, collect the checks. It's so much easier. You don't have to be going through this. You don't have to be putting in the work. But I just knew that there's something better, especially in America. Why are you going to bring me back to America and tell me, hey, now you feed off the government. I'm sorry. There's so much opportunity here. Right. And so as a female, that falls into a category of, you know, being disadvantaged and all these things. And I've made, I've been able to break out of the patterns in my family. To me, what that shows me is that there's ample opportunity for people to get ahead of themselves. And so, you know, A-Rob, even, um, I remember there was such a defining moment in my life where my, okay, so, you know, I have a past. (laughs) And so there was a time where I got in trouble and, um, Long story short, I got a, ended up getting a DUI, right? And so, Ooh. I know, how dare I? And so, what happened was, I remember in that moment, uh, my parents refused to bail me out they refused. I had to pay for everything myself and all these things. And I remember I was so hurt. I'm like, I am your golden child. How dare (laughs) you not bail me out? Um, And I remember just feeling so victimized in that moment because it hadn't been like that with my siblings, right? And so why am I telling you this? Because what happened with that is that I was the one that was made to take responsibility for my actions. And out of my three siblings, I'm the only one that successfully living on their own, successfully has an amazing job, successfully owns their own car. And by the way, my first car and about to pay it it off, that's a huge blessing in my family. And so why am I telling you all of this? I'm telling you this that because I've had so many odds against me and even with those odds there's been success coming out of my story. And so the only thing that I can equate it to is taking responsibility and doing the development that needs to be done, paying the dues that need to be done and stop listening to the systems that you know that the government or media, social media keeps trying to instill upon us. You know, social media especially. I had to get rid of that thing years ago because you know, social media is tells such a narrative, right? It gives you the highlights of other people's lives while meanwhile, you're comparing that to your behind the stage. And that is such a terrible comparison because to be honest, nobody's life is perfect. And your success is gonna look different than everybody else's success. To you, success may look like, hey, I have this steady paying job and whatever, but the thing is to not stay there. Continue to push for more, continue to better yourself, continue to tell yourself, you know, I'm gonna be better. And I can even attest to what you're saying, A-Rob, about you know the union and people staying in the same level. Uh, Because at the place where I work, many people uh, have been there for years in the same position. Even when I used to work at JCPenney for years and I can't even imagine staying in the same position for more than a couple years. Because to me it's like, you know, if I'm not growing, if I'm not feeling challenged, why am I still here? I'm not helping this business any longer because now I'm just maintaining this position. I'm no longer being innovative. And I'm also not growing as a person, right? And so, you know, if I could give young people any advice, is Always do better. Reach for more. Do the work that needs to be done.
0: You know, uh, you, you said something here again that just sparked something within me. Actually, a lot. But I'm trying to pick out some highlights to make some points. I want you to share with everybody. Uh, well, let me just ask you some questions. Okay. You know, you, you're from you're from El Salvador. Yes. Okay, so would you consider your family, just looking at your situation When they came here and such, did they come over here rich, middle class, poor?
1: Oh my goodness, poor. Poor, poor, poor.
0: poor. Okay, so poor. Now, let me ask you also this, because poverty or being poor can mean different things in different nations, different places. So when you say poor, would you say American poor or El Salvadorian poor?
1: I would say American poor.
0: Okay, so still poor, but... Um, maybe a little bit better off than the poor in El Salvador. yes. Yes, absolutely. So they were a little bit better off than the poor in El Salvador, but by American standards, still poor. Yes. All right. And you said there were some people in your family that told you to um, get a check.
1: Yes. Now,
0: I I think I know what you mean, but please explain to people, just so they know exactly what you mean.
1: So what I mean by that is they wanted me to... um, Get, collect checks from the government for social security for disability. Mm. And so they even, um, there was a few times where I filled out the application, and I remember um, I told them, I'm not gonna lie about what I'm putting down there. I'm gonna, if I can get up, and if I can cook for myself, if I can do all these things, because even before I was a Christian, I did believe in the power of your words. And so to me, if I was putting down on paper that I couldn't something do, do something so simple as, you know, change myself like or get myself ready for the day then I for some reason I I just knew that I was binding myself to those words. I remember even at the age of 12 I had my second uh, spinal surgery and the doctors were telling me you're probably not going to be able to walk for months, you're not going to be able to do this and um, they wanted me to have therapy for that because I wouldn't succumb to those words and um, for a long time I struggled with that and I'm like well I'm stronger, I know that, I know this. And so I literally was walking after the surgery I was walking about a week or two after. And why? Because you know, we look at these influential people in our in the world and the economy as if they're they have it all together but they don't. These are human people with limited knowledge. And so if you have a conviction, stick to that conviction. I can't tell you, I've had words where um, I was told that I was going to be um, mentally incapacitated by a certain age, and I, again, refuse to believe in that. And so I know that I'm using a lot of medical experiences and all these things, but that can be translated into every part of your life. You know, when I went into, again, bringing it back to this job that I'm at. When I went into there, they constantly were telling me, oh, nobody move up here. You have to know somebody in order to be able to move up. You have to build certain relationships. And I was like, I refuse to believe that. First of all, my greatest ally is, of course, first and foremost, the Lord. And so if I believe that he wants me to succeed, I'm going to put in applications. And if they tell me no, that doesn't mean never. A no doesn't mean never. A no means not right now. And so I took that upon myself. If a door was shut, then I was going to, try to open another door. But you know what? What was awesome is that because of the awesome uh, mentorship that I have, the accountability that I have, the community that I have, I was able to put in the work so that when I applied for positions, I didn't feel like I was grasping for air. I knew that the moment that I walked into the interviews, the moment that I walked into the positions, I knew that they needed me in those positions because I knew that the moment that I stepped into those positions, I was going to make that position better. Not because i'm so awesome not because again all these things that are grasping for air but because i knew that i was so hungry for that raise so hungry for that promotion so hungry for a better chance at life that i was going to do whatever it took for me to be able to get that position and that's the difference between me and my competition is that i've overcome obstacles Right? So overcoming the obstacles is actually what's made me the most confident. Because when people tell me no, when people tell me, oh, you can't. When people tell me you need to know somebody to know somebody to be able to get somewhere. I believe that's a lie from the pit of hell. What I need to know is my worth right and so my worth is not based on trophies for participating my worth is based on literally defeating um, death sentences is from defeating um, just obstacles drug addiction um, eating addictions all these things I've overcome those things and not by myself I needed a strong community around me lots of prayer lots of relying on the Lord I, I can't just take all the credit for myself but at the end of the day it was my choice to put myself in those communities It was myself to pray to the Lord. It was my self-choice to say, you know what, I'm sick of living like this. And I don't care if they tell me, oh, you can only survive because the government tells you so. No, and you can only survive if a doctor tells you this. No, that's a lie. You have been brainwashed if you're believing those words. That is such a lie. The word says, I'm sorry, I'm bringing it back to the Bible because I just love the Bible. The Bible says that the Lord gives us life and life more abundantly. And I can guarantee you 100 percent the moment that you digest those words, you eat those words, it becomes such a force to open doors, um, to open doors to success. And again, that doesn't come with idle hands. That doesn't come with a lack of work. It doesn't come with any of that. It's not just a God is not a genie. You have to put in the work. Um, But what I do know is that when you put in those words, I mean that work it it will happen and so you know a Rob, what you're saying is it it really does break my heart again with young people wanting all these things from the government because what the government wants is control they don't care about our livelihood they don't care about my health you know I've been in the medical system since I was born and I can tell you for a fact they've done more damage to me than anything it wasn't until I separated myself from that system that I'm able to be like oh my gosh like I can really fend for myself and so what our generation needs is that aha moment you know what, like, even if, even if you have to start out at Walmart, at and if you have to start out at Walmart, I'm saying or praying for you right now for your protection. Um, but even if you have to start there, honestly, like, there's there's a better night's rest working at Walmart than protesting on the corner because you're sad that the government didn't help you with whatever the case may be. I can guarantee you, if I have to clean bathrooms for the rest of my life, I would rather clean the bathrooms and then to be... Um, sustained by the hand of a governmental system that tells me oh today you're gonna eat, tomorrow maybe you're not, oh you need to feel this. No I'm gonna eat because I'm hungry and so I'm gonna go get the money that I need in order to get the food and that's it. End of period. No excuses. It's really that simple especially in America. You know I I just recently visited El Salvador. I have a cousin that works for the White House and she struggles still working for the White, the the equal of the White House here over there Oh
0: their capital their
1: capital yeah, yeah. I should let me make sure I, <laughs> I um, clarify that but she works for that and it's she it's still hard to make ends meet. And so when I come over here, it's like, oh, my gosh, how can I ever complain of the opportunities that America gives me? And how can I take so much from a nation that's given me so much? You know, I don't know how anybody can hate America. I honestly cannot fathom that. Especially Americans. Especially Americans. I'm like, Lord, have mercy on your lives, you know, Um, because really you're... We're all set up for success, and you may say, "Well, again, bringing it back to the upbringing," or you may think about your past, or you, whatever your age may be. It's never too late to start. You know, it's never too late to better yourself.
0: Yeah, you, you said a, again a whole bunch of things that just racing my mind, and I have some comments and questions about a lot of them. But just for time, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this again. But um, I, I will wrap this up ladies and gentlemen by the way ladies and gentlemen I know this once you listen to this you're gonna say man I want to continue hearing what she has to say and you will we'll mm-hmm. have her back and uh, we're um, as we were um, looking at this and like I said we're in Butler so it's been a little noisy here and there and you won't hear it but we've had to pause because the the coffee grinder or something was going off and it was too loud we'll we'll, we'll edit all that stuff out so you won't hear it but we'll figure it out so we can come to places like this and and interview uh melissa chavez again Mm -hmm. and other people that (laughs) we'll find some people that you've mentored (laughs) but i uh, you know she was talking about say the poverty that she's had to overcome and you know they they came here they were american poor in that sense and she certainly isn't anymore and she's growing and moving forward and again she has a, a a cousin back in El Salvador that works for the government yes In, in, in their in their capital and mm-hmm. what they call it but their capital building their White House whatever yeah. and and she's still struggling working at that level um, ladies and gentlemen let me, I want to wrap it up with this now this is my thought okay and then I'll let Melissa give her final uh, um, goodbye mm-hmm. my thought on this I've traveled I've been to China several times I've seen the wealthy in China, I've I've seen the poor in China, I've traveled to Zambia many times, South Africa many times, Congo, uh, Swaziland, trying to remember of all the countries I've been to, (laughs) Mexico many times, and a few other countries, but I have seen the wealthy in these countries, but I've also seen the poor, those that are in poverty in these countries. Because of the ministry, those are mainly, not only, but those are mainly the people that I've been able to minister to is the poor or the very poor. Um, In some countries, such as Zambia and uh, South Africa, certainly Congo and Swaziland, I mean, some of the people that we've ministered to there literally live in um, like the corrugated steel yeah. that they just kind of prop up between trees and stuff right. and that's their house. Yeah. You know, no running water, no toilets, nothing like that.
1: And that's a blessing to them.
0: And Yeah. And then they'll say they're doing fine. Yes. You know, if they ate that day and they have somewhere to lay their head at night, they say they're doing fine. Exactly. And then we get back to America and the poor in America still drive a car. They live in a home with several bedrooms. Yes usually have a big, uh, at least two televisions, big flat-screen TVs in <laughs> yeah. their home. And most of them wear nicer clothes than I do. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, while I'm over there shopping through at Ross trying to find the best deal, they're over at Dillard's or Macy's or something like that. And that's called the poor. Yep. And they certainly eat better than I do because I have to actually pay for my own food. And they got <laughs> that little debit card or whatever they call it, the yeah. EBT card, yep. you know. And I think EBT stands for Enos bought this. <laughs> That's my last name, by the way, Enos. So Enus bought this. My tax dollars should certainly did. But, and so they're eating pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know too many skinny poor people in America. I'm just uh, saying. You know, mm-mm. It's just an observation of mine. I don't know too many fit, right. skinny, poor people. Truly what we call... Poor.
1: Right.
0: So they're eating pretty good. And my point on that, and then you have a lot of people here in America complaining about how bad it is because, oh, they're in poverty. Look, I only had two flat screen TVs. I only have one iPhone. <laughs> I only have, you know, my, my iPad is three years old. I'm poor. And it's usually young people, either in college or just out of college, that can't find that magical $100,000 a year job that they're cl- complaining that they're right. in poverty, yet they're holding, uh, you know, a, a tablet or an iPhone or a MacBook or something like that. Yes. And mom and daddy are driving around in a BMW and they're whining that they're... Po- I, I, it just blows my mind. Yes, It really blows my mind. And then you have people... Uh, like, like Melissa here, whose family came over here in true poverty. Mm-hmm. Po- poverty, And because certain situations that were going on in her life, they were trying to convince her, or many, not, maybe not all in her family, but some in her family were trying to convince her, just get on the system. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just get on the system. And you'll be taken care of. Who cares if you have to lie a little bit on this application or that? Just get on the system. And okay. she refused, which I'm very proud of her doing that. She refused, okay? She could have been collecting a check and sitting back. Easily. Then she wouldn't be on this podcast. Or she may have been, but for another reason. I would have blue hair. (laughs) (laughs) I just got the image of that, yeah. (laughs) But she's making it. So when I hear young people saying that we can't make it, well, then, you know what? (sighs) Again, I'm not purposely trying to be offensive. I'm just going to be honest. If you can't make it in the United States of America at... At especially after you stepped out of college with some type of degree, then you are lazy and a moron. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. Because I know people that never... I, I know people that dropped out of school, never went to college, and they're making six figures.
1: Easily, yep.
0: So how is it that that person can make it, but the person with that piece of paper that says, I just went through two or four, whatever, years of college... Well, the guy that dropped out of school and didn't go to college... I can guarantee you doesn't have purple hair. Right. And sitting around, he's certainly not sitting around complaining about what he doesn't have. Yep. He's out working hard to get what he wants. Yes. So, Melissa, my hat goes off to you. Oh, Thank wait. You. I got um earphones over it. So my hat would go <laughs> off to you um, because you're not sitting around with half your head shaved and the other half purple, pink, and yellow. You're not sitting around at 400 pounds. You're not waving you know you're not saying i'm hungry i'm going to go to the store and get some ebt food right ina's bought this <laughs> <laughs> kills me every time <laughs> you're making it and i know you there's days that you wake up and say i don't even want to get out of bed oh
1: my that was today actually
0: <laughs> exactly but you got out of bed yes and you made things happen yep. and you're here and you're helping out at butlers you're on my podcast and you know and and I don't did you see how many countries are listening to this podcast?
1: No, I haven't.
0: I am actually shocked. This is so it's humbling when I say. It. I'm sort of bragging, but at the same time I'm so humbled because I had no idea this was going to happen. But it literally is worldwide. Literally. And and I'm going to pull this up just so she could see where her voice is going to go. That's Ladies it. and gentlemen, I wish I could show you this, but this is a podcast and so you can't really <laughs> see this, but here's the, here's the The analytics of of the map—all those dots—is people listening to. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: All of the United States of America is lit up. Yes. Um, All of Mexico is lit up. Uh, All of Central America is lit up, and the northern part of South America is lit up, and then some down. I guess that's what. Yeah, Brazil, uh, Uruguay, Buenos Aires. Wow. Uh, And then you shift over, and there's there's let's see. Uh, South Africa, of course. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to all my friends in South Africa, <laughs> Kroonstad especially, Rion and Peter and all the wonderful people out there. But uh, look at Europe, even. Wow.
1: Look at, look at that. That's amazing. That's yeah. actually... Wow.
0: So That's phenomenal. I'm glad I was able to show you this, but I'm also glad I didn't show you this before.
1: Yeah, I would have probably maybe been freaking out.
0: You may have been a little bit nicer with some of the things <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> I certainly would be because they expect that of me, but... <laughs> But my point is, on that is, even in that, I did I started these podcasts just basically, I, I really am back in my mind, yes, to be able to talk about some certain issues and stuff, but more in mind with, so that I could um, promote the church, promote yeah. Beauty for Ashes, promote butlers, things like that. I was using it with a backdrop of promotion, right. and let's talk about some of the issues. I hadn't, and I figured it would go... You know, some people would listen to it other places, but I was expecting more local only. Yeah. For the most part, you know. And when I started seeing the analytics, I just literally going around the world. This is blowing my mind. It's
1: amazing.
0: So I thought, okay, now we really, people are listening and people are taking notice. And that, so one of two things either they're listening because they're getting something out of it or they're listening just to throw something at the at the radio or whatever they're listening to, you know. And that's fine with me yeah. cuz they're still learning something. Right. They're getting truth whether they accept it or not. They are getting truth. Yeah. And um and uh and that's that's my whole thing. So when I started seeing that develop, I just said, "Okay, you know, I'll still do some promotion, but that's going to be that's yeah. going to be the, you know, A byproduct." The, yeah. It's all going to be let's just talk about the issues the yeah. real world issues that we're dealing with especially here in the united states because that's where we're at and um anyways i'm rambling on that but <laughs> it, it was such a it, it's such a um a, a blessing and an honor really yeah. that god opened all those doors I and i agree. you know when i didn't even try it was like hey but the point is even for that i had to step out and do it
1: yeah yes good point i just had to
0: step out and do it yeah. i had no idea How successful it would be, but I would never have known any success at all, at least in podcasting, if I didn't simply do it. Yeah. And I did it for free. Yeah. And I'm still doing it for free.
1: And I have a question for you. Have there been other projects that you have tried and haven't been as successful?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think that's a huge point, right, where it's like many people try things once and that's it. Yeah. When you, you've had to plow and plow and plow and now here you are in the success of it. Yeah. Right? And so that's a message in itself. Just because one thing fails doesn't mean stop. Again, a no doesn't mean never. It means try something different. Try something else.
0: See, she keeps saying things that just spark things in me. (laughs) And so I'm going to go with this one, but just super briefly. When you do try something. Let's say you want to say, I'm going to start a business. Yeah. I'm fresh out of college with my purple hair and my little <laughs> gender study piece of paper document that says I now know. Or no, I guess when you go to the gender studies, you, I don't know what a male or a female <laughs> is. But I got this piece of paper that says I at least put in the work. Yeah. I'm going to open a business selling scented candles that smell like, you know, I'm a tree hugger. So I want it to smell like <laughs> camel's. Grizzly bears. I love animals, so grizzly bears, little bunnies, you know. Well,
1: it has to be gender neutral, so it really should have no scent.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, how do we do this? You just ruined my whole thing. So I'm still gonna go with it, but you made a valid point. You did make a valid point, but since I'm halfway into my example, right, so right, right. I'm, I, you know, real. I'm just gonna do real world animal smells because I just love that, you know, horses and cows and camels and things like that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you go out there and you start putting together these candles and you you put it out whether whether it be a, you open a shop or put it on the internet or anything, mm-hmm. and then six months go by and you've only sold two candles and you just can't make ends meet. Well, it doesn't mean that you give up on the business end. Yes. What it means is maybe people don't like candles that smell like a wet animal. Right. You know. So you might want to get rid of the camel scent and i completely made all that up anyways just to make a point i was absurd on purpose but get rid of the wet camel smell candles and maybe put lavender yes just an idea i'm not a big lavender fan but i would much rather have lavender going on candle in my house than wet camel please yes. <laughs> you know what i yes. mean so if the wet camel candles didn't work a uh, uh, scrap the, don't scrap your whole business right Scrap the things that don't work in it.
1: Exactly.
0: And and then do something and do a little research, which doesn't, you, it's not that difficult. You can walk into Butler's. Yes. And say to people, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just taking a little bit of a survey because I want to start a scented camel, Oh, uh, camel, scented <laughs> camel company, a scented candle
1: there you go.
0: company. And I just have a checklist. Please yes. check the types of scents. That you would like. Mm-hmm. Camel, grizzly bear, you know, lavender. cow, lavender. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I can almost guarantee you that unless people thought this was an absolute joke, right? You know, and just checked can you know, camel just to be funny, yeah. that you're gonna get oh yeah, please don't don't do all those stinky animals. Put lavender, yes. rosewood, sandalwood, vanilla musk, you know, yes. something like mm-hmm. that. And then you go oh okay so 99% of the people actually want scents that smell good.
1: Yeah.
0: Not bad. Not like I'm living on a farm in the barn. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: In a rainstorm.
1: Even people in the barn want lavender, please.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even the even the camels want the <laughs> lavender. Yeah. Uh, you know and, and then you go okay so I got to get back to the drawing board scrap all the camel scented candles and give those to people I don't like at Christmas time and then (laughs) and then um, get some lavender vanilla whatever the ones that people really like and you're more apt to buy them so you didn't throw out your whole business plan you just shifted it to 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 a real world you know that people actually want yes because people will pay money for the things they actually want exactly and they'll especially pay money for the things they actually need yes and nobody wants or needs camel-scented
1: candles. And I bet you if there is somebody out there, the market is very small.
0: Very small. Not not enough. Not enough to buy, you know, uh, hair coloring for your purple hair. Okay? (laughs) Certainly not enough. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I'm just telling you that's just the way it works, okay? (laughs) Uh, You find out what people want and what people need, and you give it to them, and they're willing to pay money for it. You make some money, and it's a win-win for everybody. They get what they want, they get what they need, and you get what you want and what you need. Yep. Hard cold cash. That's a good thing. Cash is king. Yep. So, anyways, those are my last... Those are, that are my last <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're just having fun here. But uh, those are my last thoughts. So I'm going to let uh, Melissa, <laughs> if I can stop laughing. Melissa, what would you like to uh, leave with the people?
1: First of all, I just want to apologize for A-Rom. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you sound
0: like my wife. She's been doing that for 30 years.
1: I think the best thing that I can offer the people is really pay attention to the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Where they're headed and the fruit of their life really makes a difference. I remember I sat down with my mentor, Pastor Linda, and all it took was for her to call me Intelligent One. And that completely changed the trajectory of my life. I was like, what? Um, And so that's honestly what caused me to join into college, made me enroll into university, get the jobs that I'm in. Of course, there were a lot of moving pieces, but what really mattered was the people that i surrounded myself with and so um that is detrimental really pay attention to the people in your life and start hanging around with the right people the people that have made something of themselves and that in itself is going to make such a profound shift in your life that when you get home at night you're not going to want to escape anything you're not going to want to escape reality you're just going to want To live in the moment of where you are. So um, I think that's the first step to um, changing the trajectory of somebody's life is really paying attention to who they're surrounding. And that's it.
0: I I just wish you would stop saying such profound (laughs) things because actually that was one of the things that I wanted to pick up on earlier. But I thought, no, just for time, I'll save that for the next one. And now here you bounce it off. I'm so sorry. You know, so I I totally agree. I totally agree. If you hang out with broke people, you're going to be broke. You broke. You hang out with complaining people. All you'll do is complain. Yep. If you, you know, and it's just the truth. Yeah. And what? Again, I'm going to go on and <laughs> tangent. But why is it that so many of these young people, you know, they have the bright colored hair. They look. They come out with this weird, strange attitude that, of how unique they're they are. Suddenly. Yeah. And yeah, compared to the rest of society, maybe they're unique in the sense of different, but they're not so unique because they look exactly like, and they sound exactly like, and they complain exactly like the rest of their little mob. Yep. And so they're not really that unique, are they? And if your uniqueness keeps you broke <laughs> and complaining and yeah. whining that you can't make it, well, maybe that form of uniqueness you need to step away from. Yes all right so i totally 100 percent, agree you are who you hang out with absolutely and that is so important so ladies and gentlemen with that i'm gonna say my final 10th goodbye (laughs) and i get at least five closings because i'm a good preacher but i'm gonna say my final goodbye melissa don't say anything profound just say, just say goodbye at this point because if you say something, it's going to trigger something. I'm going to say something else, and then we'll be right back at it.
1: <laughs> Bye, everybody! Thank you so much for being here and uh, for tuning in to Table Flippers. Uh, we're so excited to tip—not tip—flip this table with you.
0: Well, you can tip it.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. My cash app, and no, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> flip it and then tip it. All right, y'all have a great day. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at GWCCRobert. That's one word, GWCCRobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters. Give me the bad letters. Tell me the great things I'm doing. Tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day.